Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Welcome to the next edition, or the latest edition, of the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. Hello, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's another, well, it's actually a Wednesday evening, which is unusual, although I've just completely destroyed any time that just wants to repeat this on the radio. But um, Hello, Alan. You all right? How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? Um, I'm a bit confused because Why, it's why are you confused? Because it's midweek. I'm sorry. I know we've confused you, but uh, we're here. Uh, there was an issue. We had live streaming issues, uh, so we couldn't do a live show on this. So we thought we'd wait until Wednesday uh, when our wonderful station master has returned from his short break away and he could then try and get everything working and make sure everything was all right. Are you, are you all right then, other than being confused? G- generally, generally, yes, but I've, I've had PC nightmares at work and I don't really oh, want to yeah, talk about it because I prefer Macs. Well, we've got some great stuff for you this evening. Um, we've got a couple of interviews. Uh, we've got some news and rumours with you uh, for you as well. We've got a red box, which was kind of when we did it was a little bit surreal. I've got to admit, it was kind of a bit strange, but I kind of just went with it, and it all seemed to work all right. We've got a couple of interviews, as I've said. Um, Nick, who does Iron Orlando with us on a Sunday evening, he um, had the opportunity to interview the guy who played Boba Fett in Star Wars, the actual man himself, which is the voice of Boba Fett in Star Wars, Clone Wars. Um, and uh, he was talking about the Star Wars exhibition at Orlando Science Center, but at the same time, he talked a little bit about Disney as well, so we've got some great Disney stuff coming from him. Uh, we've also spoken to N- Nancy Temple... Uh, I've got to remember how you say her surname now. Rod- <laughs> Rodrig, that's it. Nancy Temple Rodrig, who uh, is the author of the uh, Hidden Mickey series of books... And she comes on to talk to us about that as well. And, of course, we've got Redbox and everything else. So we usually start off now with uh, the news. But because we've got two interviews for you, what we thought we'd do is we'd go straight in with Nick and uh, his interview with uh, Daniel Logan, who plays Boba Fett. So here it is. Daniel Logan played a young Boba Fett in Episode 2 of uh, Star Wars. He also is a voice actor in the animated TV show Star Wars Clone Wars. And we're really happy to talk to him today here at the Orlando Science Center at the new exhibit, Star Wars, where science meets imagination. Now, my first question for you, and you have to answer honestly here, okay? You're sitting there maybe in traffic, maybe just out in everyday life, maybe at the beach, because I know you like to be at the beach. And has a thought ever crossed your mind, I wish I had a real jetpack. Yeah, you know, I have. Uh, it's crossed my mind quite often, you know. Um, I travel all around the world for these conventions yeah. and, and to promote Star Wars. And I mean, you know, you've all, as a little boy, I've always had a fascination with my imagination. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing that came out of Star Wars, especially Boba Fett, is I fell in love with that jetpack. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd be lying if I said, you know, I, I would never have wanted one. But I mean, I think that's every boy's fantasy is to be able to chuck a bag on his back and fly around the you know, yeah. universe. You know what I mean? But... Uh, I, I, I dream about it all the time. I always, I even dream about having Slave One parked out the back, you know, and then 
started up, you know, rumbles my whole neighborhood, you know, like, boom, you know, all the blasts and stuff, you know. That's what's cool about this exhibit. I mean, no one that's seen Star Wars hasn't thought about how it relates to everyday life, how you might want some of that stuff in your everyday life. And, and so I was going to ask you, if you could pick one thing out of the Star Wars universe to have in real life, what would it be? You know what? I, I would have to say I love the jetpacks. Um... I mean, I think that was my, one of my favorite things about the Star Wars, especially being Boba Fett. Yeah. But um, I think the Force. If I could have the anything. The Force. You know, the Force is... is I think right. we all have the Force within us. We just don't talk to our inner, inner person. I think the Force is our, is our psyche mm-hmm. um, that tells us yes or no. Mm-hmm. But we listen to ourselves. So if I could have the Force to not listen to myself and listen to that psyche, wow. you know, and, okay, this guy's not a good person. You are not going to like me. You are going to like me. <laughs> then, uh, you know. Now, what age were you when you took that role? 13. I was and, 13 years old. And how much about the Star Wars universe did you know about going in? Nothing, really. I thought I'd audition. Um, Phantom Menace has only just been released on DVD not that long. Yeah. So I got that out, and that's when I learned about Ray Park and Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. So I figured they're going to bring this new character called Boba Fett that's going to be just like Darth Maul, but better, you know. Um, which ends up being better, but uh, a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Then when you started the role, did did, they, did anybody tell you how much of a fan favorite Boba Fett was for the first three movies? They didn't tell me, but they did tell me life is never going to be the same again. And yeah. it hasn't. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think you can ever be prepared for that until it actually hits you. And then even when it hits you, you're not prepared. So you don't know how to accept it or um, embrace it. Well, it seems like you are embracing it. Well, that's the thing is I, I learned that, you know what? The Star Wars universe has been really good to me, and, you know, I, this is my only way I can contribute and give back to these people who have helped me and, uh, you know, allowed me to live the lifestyle that I have for the yeah. last 11, 12 years, you know? Um, thanks to Star Wars, I moved to the United States. I got me uh, a visa now, you know? Thanks to George Lucas writing me a lovely letter and stuff, and I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, even with Star Wars, even the people behind the scenes, they don't have to do what they do, but they do it, you yeah. know? And, um... You know, I mean, George Lucas wrote me a, uh, a handwritten letter from his own uh, letterhead, you know, that Daniel Logan would be a great con- uh, contribution to this country. Yeah. Do they brief the characters about their, you know, the history of Star Wars or anything like that? Or did you go back and watch uh, Boba Fett from the first uh, movies to get a feel for him? I did. I went back and I watched the originals because I never knew anything about this character. So I re- basically did the research um, on set while I was watching these films, and I... I basically took in on what I thought the character was trying to uh, pursue and bring across to the table, and um, I just put my own little twist to it, you know? I realized that he's not that character. He's the young boy version, so he's not going to be identical. He's not going to have had that life experience yet. He's not the infamous bounty hunter, but he is Boba Fett. Um, I feel like in the Clone Wars, we're going to be able to expand and um, and um, captivate on on all these backstories that we never ever got to have before. Yeah, I'm excited about the Clone Wars. I love the, the show. It's a great show. <laughs> Thanks. What's the difference between preparing for the live action role as preparing, preparing for the voice acting role? Um, you know, I'm a very big um, uh, I'm a very big on uh, physical appearance. Um, when I talk, I move a lot. You know, I, I gesture a lot, you know, with my physical body. And having to take all that energy and hone it into a voice a voice that people actually recognize and will follow along, you know, believing that you really are that character. It's very, very hard. Corey um, Burton and uh, Dave Filoni and all those guys are very patient with me, so they've been able to help me to uh, to get prepared to actually voice, you know, this character, um, which I've been really enjoying. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been trying to stick to, you know, that fact that he's not yet that Boba Fett, you yeah. know. He's still little Boba. 
um, trying to find his way in this universe. Now we're here in Orlando, of course, and I know you've come here before for Star Wars Weekends. I came, been there. I came this year for Star Wars Weekends. I, um, I opened up the uh, Star Tours ride. Mm -hmm. um, uh, George Lucas and yeah. um, Bob Iger and stuff was How'd out. How did you enjoy that? It was really an awesome experience. I don't think, it was like Star Wars. I didn't really appreciate until they left. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was standing next to Bob Iger. <laughs> People were like, but you standing next to George Lucas. I'm like, that was Bob Iger, you know? I don't know. I'm like, George yeah. is like my uncle now, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, did you go on the ride? Yeah, yeah. I rode it with George. You like it? Yeah, I loved it, you know? I actually uh, rode it 11 times just to get the Boba Fett ride. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> had to ride 11 times just to get that one ride, you know? Yeah. And he's like, then, then he comes up, he's like, I got you, Rebel Scum. <laughs> I got you now, Rebel Scum. You know, and then uh, I'm the one like, yeah! And everyone else was like, what the hell? Well, what's this big mad guy behind us? You know what I mean? Mm. How is he even allowed on this ride? And they're, oh, he's both. All right. You know? <laughs> he's forgiven, I guess. So, like I said, it seems like you've really embraced the Star Wars universe, Star Wars role. And, and how about the fans? How about seeing the fans out at conventions and things like Star Wars Weekends? Do you enjoy that? I love it. I mean, they're the ones who made me who I am. I think I love the kids more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Just seeing the, um, the light in their eyes, you know, that what George Lucas has created. I like playing the fact that, you know, people enjoy bringing them, their family up and, you know, oh, I met you before, I seen you before here, and yeah. that's very, uh, it's, a, it's a bubble in your, in your belly, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good feeling to have people who are, who are so interested in backing you, you know, even after t 12 years. All right, you going to go to Disney World while you're here? You know, I'm hoping to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get across All there, right. but I have a friend, Sam. Who uh, Sam Loomis, who's my uh, tour guide out there, mm -hmm. he shows me around, takes me everywhere, yeah. and gives me the best time, you Excellent. know. But uh, I love Disney. Got to do Star Tours again before you go. Yeah, <laughs> Star Tours and the um, and that uh, what is it called? It's in the Animal Planet. It's the, uh, the Everest. Yeah. Uh, with the, uh, yeah, with the, the Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I uh, I took um, uh, some of my friends from my family. Oh, my family friend, sorry, um, on it. And it was funny that when it hit the top, you know, and then it just starts going back, but you have everyone who hasn't been on, like, yeah! And then you got me, like, oh, this is cool, you know? And then, yeah. Uh, I love, yeah, I love Disney. Right, I love well, all enjoy the your, Enjoy yourself while you're here. I appreciate I your time. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. You are listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. Attraction Tickets Direct is the UK's number one ticket provider for Disney, Universal, and the worlds of Discovery Parks. They offer unbeatable prices and expert advice on all the major tickets and attractions in Orlando, California, and Paris. The service Attraction Tickets Direct provides is second to none. Lines are open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Customers receive real tickets, not vouchers, within seven days. And there are no hidden extras, such as credit card fees or postage surcharges. Now that's what you call great service. Log on to www.attractionticketsdirect.com or call toll-free on 0800-975-0002. This is Orlando Sky Radio. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. 
You know, I, I clearly haven't been to Disney World recently enough because I don't remember going to that theme park called Animal Planet. It's a TV channel, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure it used to be. You, know, the little... you can't wait to get onto Animal Planet to watch Dive with Sharks. Di- yeah, I, can't, I, I was like, that's quite funny. Animal but Planet. like, imagine going on them Star Tours with George Lucas. Do you that think you'd cool. be like all relaxed and sitting back and saying nothing and watching what people are doing or do you think it'd be pointing out and going oh you've got to see this bit this is amazing this references that possibly although we never picked up on the original one there was that horrible cut between being outside and then inside the big um, ice um, shard there's a horrible cut in that if you've never seen it mm. you definitely see it doesn't Paris anyway it's time for some news and some rumours we've got loads for you uh, for basically Walt Disney World for Disneyland Paris for the UK all sorts of bits and pieces that we want to share with you with regards to the park and this is where we find out whether or not we've read our news items before we actually get around to it and I've got to say although I wrote most of them I've not read most of them this evening so uh, while we, uh, we're going through this don't forget you can of course contact us and share your particular uh, opinion on this you can email us at radio at disneybrit.com you can also tweet us at disneybrit as well and go over to facebook add your comment over on facebook as well so let's start off outside the parks and we're going to go over to animal kingdom lodge because they've introduced new nighttime safaris for resort guests yes if you are rich enough sorry if you are staying at the animal kingdom lodge then there's some great news for you and that is guests can now take an hour-long nighttime tour out into the savannah to observe the animals evening activities each guest is going to be provided with nighttime vision goggles to add to the excitement and the tour is going to cost 70 dollars for those of you aged eight and up it's a maximum of 10 guests and tours are going to take place each Wednesday and Saturday at 10pm. Good addition, bad addition? It sounds like a good idea. I'm pretty sure that they used to do something similar for concierge-level guests only. Ah, interesting. Now, question is, did Bush Gardens offer something like this, or have they offered a nighttime safari? Pass. I've, I've never been that far. I, Not I stay Bush within Gardens. the perimeter of the Disney property. Ah, that's true. Um, I don't know whether they have or not. I, I'm sure they've done nighttime safaris. If you know if they have, uh, please do tell us. Because, uh, yeah, something actually night safari. So this is something that uh, Bush Gardens have done before. And uh, clearly, Disney are a little bit behind on. But they have done nighttime safaris. There we go. And how much they used to do from the hotel, you could use the nighttime goggles to. Yeah, sort of but they've spy never taken the, you out there, have they? Uh, the nighttime safaris guests. give you coffee and dessert. And trip out to the Serengeti, and it's $60 uh, plus tax. So there you go, it's a little bit cheaper, and uh, you get two hours in the Serengeti plane. So it's something that others have been happening outside the Disney parks already, uh, and um, I don't know, I, th- I think it'd be quite nice. It's a shame it's only open to resort guests. I know there's only a maximum of sort of 20 people a week can do this, but it would have been nice if they'd maybe opened it up to a little bit further than that. But... Uh, there you go. Can't really it complain. Goes to show that if it was the concierge level only, maybe it wasn't as popular as they thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's possible. I would guess that's probably why they may have opened it up a little bit further to, to resort guests rather yeah. than to just. Uh, your I think standard. I'd have done it. I'd have done it definitely. I think seventy dollars. Yeah, that's not bad going. I'd have gone out there and enjoyed that. But clearly, unless we're staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is fairly unlikely yeah. to happen then you're not going to get the chance. Okay, let's go to something so, that we can all $70 take on. is nothing compared to the hotel costs. No, exactly. It's just that's a tip, isn't it? Right. Talking about things that we can all take part in, let's head over to Epcot and character meet and greets. 
No problem. Over at um, Epcot's character spot, it is currently going through a refurb as of the 21st of October. When was that? A couple of days ago? Yeah, Monday. Um, like Epcot's character spot is going to be closed for three-month refurbishment. During the refurbishment, you'll be able to still meet and greet the characters, but in different locations. So you'll be able to find Mickey, Minnie and Pluto hanging out in the former Segway training area, which is close to the Fountain View ice cream place. Hmm... Um, Goofy, you'll find this lovable dog hanging out around the main entrance to the park. That sounds wrong. So you'll probably trip over him on the way in. Yeah. And Donald will be hanging out in his Mexico area. In his run-down little little temple bit, isn't he? Is is he always there? Yeah, he's been there for the past couple of years, I would think. Year and a half, something like that. He had a sort of, as you're looking at the pavilion, he's to the right. All right, yes. In his Mexican garb. Yeah, I think I remember seeing... I never saw him actually outside the place. Mm. Um, but it was quite a good meet and greet spot. Yeah, it is. But yeah, so are you... Well, have you, have you ever been into the, the meet and greets, the character spots? We didn't go in, we saw it. Um, but the queues were huge for it. Uh, so we didn't actually go inside. But I I didn't think there was anything wrong with there already. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit cheesy it was, and it was a bit like cardboard cutout city though, yeah that's it? true but it'd be intrigued to see what they're going to do with it whether they're going to make something because i don't know whether it was ever supposed to be a permanent fixture whether it was something that was kind of just supposed to be there yeah. for then i, I then, think it looks temporary it certainly looks like it could be a little bit temporary but it, i don't know it's, it seems sort of strange that they're going to take that down and change it when they didn't necessarily seem like there was anything wrong with it if you know what i mean yeah I'm guessing that it's going to open back up. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely open back up. I think it's due for... I can't remember what exactly the date is. It's reopening. I think it's probably a couple of months, three months, that it's going to be closed down. So after Christmas. Hopefully sometime after Christmas, yeah, it's going to reopen. Uh, Right, while the kids are inside um, the character spot, then dads and those of you who like beer, you can head over to the Japanese pavilion because they've got a frozen Kirin Draft beer, which is uh, finally hitting continental USA. has been sold in Honolulu before now, but it's appearing in the Japanese pavilion. This is, as I've said, a frozen draft beer. Now, I don't quite know how that works, but it's already a hit in Tokyo and Japan. It's sold in more than 650 locations uh, around there, and it's going to be sold, uh, this frozen Kirin is going to be sold in the Garden House, the Kabuki Cafe, and the Tokyo Dining Restaurant. Um, And... uh, it's I, I don't know. It's, it says for the record, it's a light frozen topping made of beer that keeps the draft nice and cold for about thirty minutes. Topping looks like a little ice cream, but it's actually <laughs> beer bit. and tastes like beer. Um, so it's going to cost eight dollars if you want it. Um, I I don't know whether I kind of find this a little bit strange. This idea of um, frozen beer. So the beer's not frozen. It's just the top that is. Like oh. I'm not exactly sure how they're doing it, but they used to do in in the UK. They used to do like a, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a, like a Stella style beer in a tall glass. Right. That they would put in this special machine and they'd spin the glass, put cold water on it, and as the beer would fill up, kind of upside it would start down. to crystallise inside. Oh, okay. Um, so you'd get like a frozen beer, but you certainly didn't get a Mr. Whippy topping. So like they must on this pour one. the beer and then put the topping on afterwards. It's the only way to do it. It's a, it's a it, bit of a, a alcoholic grown-up's version of butter beer. Must be. It certainly looks like it. 
So I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But anyway, it's now available in the Japanese pavilion if you fancy it. So do go over there and give that a go. Um, This past week, Disney basically built a giant ice sculpture of uh, Cinderella's castle and plonked it in the middle of uh, New York, but in the middle of uh, Times Square. And the reason for that is? Because it's icy. Well, you've got the news story. You tell me. Have I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See? Somebody's not read the news. Right, the, the, um, the limited time magic. That over the one. I've just had a tweet, by the way. Uh, this is from the, uh, the guys who do this after dark. It says, no, beer should be served at room temperature. There we go. It so, should be uh, served nice and warm. Nice and warm. So basically stick it in the microwave a little bit just before, and then it'll be absolutely fine. Okay, Pass. so room temperature apparently. Right, anyway, limited time magic. What's going on? Right, okay. Um, Disney have announced their latest theme for 2013. Obviously, previous themes have been magic memories and you and all that sort of stuff. This year, it's going to be called time limited magic. Which limit limited time magic, not time limited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this magic sorry. will only happen <laughs> for 39 seconds. Go. That would be better. Eight hours of magic. Right, okay, so they've, they've got lots of little, like, sort of themes and yeah. sort of events going on by the sounds of it. They've got a True Love limited time magic event, which is um, going to go across um, sort of Valentine's Week with special moments and entertainment geared towards lovebirds. You're going to have Disney princesses and princes um, meeting and greeting in the parks in special settings. There's going to be um, special restaurant meals and stuff like that going on. Independence Week, you've got... Uh, red, white, and blue as Disney's park celebrates or salutes America in the 4th of July fireworks party for an entire week, although technically Main Street USA does that all year long. Um, uh, Mickey Mouse appears in his patriotic finest, and guests will find special USA shirts, ear hats, and limited edition souvenirs. You've got to have the limited edition souvenirs. Oh, I've got to get that in. Um, Long Lost Friends Week. Long that Lost one? Friends Week. It's, if you've lost a friend... That'll be at Disney I, I would like to think you're going to wait sort of a lot less time than just one time in a year <laughs> to imagine that. find them. <laughs> um, lesser known Disney characters will move from the shadows to the spotlight for meet and greets. So that'd be quite good, actually. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Clarabelle Cow, Remy, um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. You don't see them very often. Um, Flick, that's another good one. No, um, cool. We'll be coming out to meet and greet guests. Um, and Disney guests will have a chance to vote online to see which characters they want to actually see. And um, there'll be Pirate Week, um, pirates and stuff, general pirate stuff going on. Um, meet and greets, pirate bands, pirate meet and greets. Lots of pirates. So anything but to do with pirates. The one which I actually find the most interesting, and I think will be the most unusual, is actually the Dapper Dan's sing boy bands yeah how, how cool is that one that is so completely left field you, you're gonna be obviously you go, you go into Main Street USA where the Dapper Dan's usually sing yeah and they're gonna be singing modern day classics of um, other boy bands yeah which is they'll be claiming the original title of the original boy band though I don't Which know. I think it's going to be interesting. They're going to be doing One Direction and thinking <laughs> Dapper Dan does One Direction. It'll, it'll be a classic album. <laughs> you imagine? It'll, be, it'll, it'll be one for your mother-in-law for it'll, Christmas. It'll be the next big album. 
Dapper Dan's does Backstreet Boys. It'll, it'll be on iTunes at Christmas. Anything else on there? Is that the last one? <laughs> There's um, right. What else we've got? We've got Unleash the Villains. So obviously that's getting up towards Halloween. Yeah, um, that's going to be at so. Disneyland Park and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Cool. Um, they're going to be open for the 13th hour, which is 1 a.m. in the morning. Maleficent, Captain Hook, Jafar, and other Disney villains host a dance party complete with limited edition collectibles and other nighttime mischief. Now, You've got to have those limited edition collectibles. Now, I, event. I, I get the, the clever play on word of the 13th hour, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I may be wrong, but isn't the 13th hour 1 p.m., not 1 a.m.? Because that's Te- first... technically true. So is it, I like the idea, 13th hour, <laughs> but that's actually 1pm. So whoever in Disney marketing it is that wrote that needs shooting. Because otherwise, there's going to be somebody who's going to go, oh, we won't go that day, love. It's close at 1. Yeah, um, but it wouldn't be as scary, would it? Well, no, of course it won't at 1pm. And plus they kick everybody else out at lunchtime. Off you go, clear off. Um, but yeah, that, that didn't quite work. But bless them, they tried. That's the important thing. They are doing something, but... As, as I always say every year when they release their theme, I think it's a bit of a strange selection. Well, that was going to be my next thing. Is this kind of scraping the bottom of the battle, battle, barrel when it comes to themes? Because to be honest, I'm looking through that and I'm going, there's nothing there that's really going to draw me to Disney. I know they're probably, in the back of their mind, they're probably thinking, we don't need it. We've got Fantasyland, end of. Yeah, True. But, it, but isn't this sort of the stuff that they do anyway every year? Yeah, I suppose there's a few new bits in there. You know, Dapper Dan's going to have to have a couple of weeks' rehearsal on some boy band stuff. Um, <laughs> but that's about it. But that's really about it. So it's kind of like they're not trying this year because they know that they don't need to because they've got Fantasyland opening and that should solve everything. Yeah. And it so, probably will solve everything. Well, it, it and... will. It will. But at the same time, you've got to remember Universal are still pulling things out left, right, and centre. And we know, is it. 25th, 26th, something like that. Universal have got another big announcement, which we're expecting to be possibly Transformers and that sort of stuff. So they're keeping Disney on their toes at the moment, and I'm not convinced that this theme is really going to help them. I I kind of think it's a bit of a we must do something because we always have, but it's not yeah. necessarily going to be anything any good. Well, it keeps the marketing people in, in a job and well, exactly that's about it. Creators. Right, anyway, we could be talking about this forever, so I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on to Wreck-It Ralph, because Wreck-It Ralph has come out in the US uh, this uh, this November, November 4th, I believe it is. And if you head over to Disney's Hollywood Studios beginning October 28th, you are going to be able to go and meet Wreck-It Ralph, even if you are in the UK and you're going over for a holiday and you're not going to get a chance to see it till February 2013 as we're waiting for it until... Um, so we've got it like two months after this uh, come out in the US and you can head over to Hollywood Studios because they are creating what they call a candy coated kart racing game Sugar Rush recreation which is going to be the area you're going to be able to meet Wreck-It Ralph in uh, he's going to be there as, as as long as Vanellope or Vanellope is that her name uh, who's also one of the characters from Wreck-It Ralph you can see them from October 28th film comes out on the 2nd of November in 3D have you seen a picture of the actual character itself? Yeah, I have. And I've got cool. to say, he looks very much like King Louis without the well, hair. Well, I see. I was going to say that. I think it looks really cool. But we've got a King Louis issue here, which is there's no one in a million years. He's, he's going to be able to sign autographs. He's, he's going to be able to give you big hugs, though. Massive hugs. You're going to get huge hugs from him. But no, you're not going to get any uh, autographs from him because those hands look well inflated. 
Um, yeah. I always remember when I was a kid standing in front of King Louis and for ages trying to get him to sign my give, sign an autograph and he was trying to tell me that he couldn't and I just didn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> well, I can just see that sort of thing happening now with all these poor kids that are going to be there going, please, please sign this, please sign this. It's not going to happen. They, they might have got around it. You might have a stamper that you could stamp on it. Oh, that's probably what they're going to do. It'll be a stamper, I would think, because that's what they've been doing with quite a few other characters who can't. So it probably will become a stamper, I would think. But there you go. You can meet him from the 28th of October. Right, let's uh, jump on a plane. Before we head over to Disneyland Paris, we're going to head to London because something really quite cool has popped up in one of the most exclusive stores in the centre of London. Yes, uh, over at Harrods, which I would love to be going down to see, particularly for the Christmas, um, Disney have made a pop-up boutique there um, with sort of high-end Disney fashion. High-end. When I say that, I mean sort of the, the designer dresses that have been inspired by the princesses, but it's been designed by fashion houses such as Oscar de la Renta, Versace, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Ellie Saab. And these are all the ones that are right outside. They're going to be on the window displays, I believe. Yes, that's yes, right. that's cool. Um, Harrods announced that during, during a press event that the, char- the characters who appear in the window displays include Ariel, Aurora, Belle, Cinderella, Jasmine, Mulan, Pocahontas, Rapunzel, Snow White, and Tiana. So basically all the princesses. I didn't miss any out. That's yeah. nice. No, I think that's all of them. Um, Harrods is a major tourist destination, especially around Christmas, said Mark Briggs, the store's image director. What a um, job. We have a responsibility to our customers to deliver a new and exciting theme each year. Collaborating with Disney gives us an opportunity to not only push the boundaries in terms of aesthetics, but also bring a truly unique products and host some spectacular events which are certain to make this Christmas a special, successful one. I added a word in there, just a are you it. are you altering the image the image marketing man is trying to portray? He's paid us a fiver for that. He, he said, I missed that word out. <laughs> We've got some people who I know who are heading down uh, there. So if you are heading, please, um, can we uh, can we have some photos if you've got some? And send them to us, radio at DisneyBrit.com. We can uh, check those out. That'd be cool. Um, we've had uh, the Miniminxes uh, have asked, as in a pint of Tetley's frozen or as in Disney beer, confused hashtag confused um it's not either really it's a japanese thing with a mr whippy on top kind of i've, I've drank kirin before I think you have, have oh okay in, in so, restaurants in the UK, and does it actually you? taste all right yes it's not too bad it's quite a light light flavor it's not oh, it's <laughs> listen not to you heavy. oz clark it's a very light flavor the blueberries <laughs> and and jelly and and twigs um yeah, I, was, I was gonna i was gonna uh go further on that but I, it was gonna be <laughs> <laughs> so um you're saying then uh that this sounds quite cool um yeah it look, looks quite good and obviously harrods is a fantastic thing for christmas anyway yeah. so the fact that they've got this big special area for um sort of disney is going to make it even better it's going really cool. obviously people do do travel all the way to london for christmas to do their christmas shopping so good on harrods i think it's gonna look really cool i think it will look cool um, right, final thing, and this is just a bit of information if you're listening live. If you're listening to this recorded, then this isn't going to be any use to you whatsoever. But um, the French rail workers have announced a strike that's going to be happening. If you're listening to this on the 24th of October, as it goes out live, on the 25th of October. And it may impact your trip to Disneyland Paris if you are heading out there on the 25th of October, travelling by train. Eurostar have released a... Uh, uh, statement that says a national strike is planned to take part in France on the 25th of October 2012. Eurostar expects to operate a near normal service, but French Rail, that's the SNCF services, will be reduced uh, 
and the Calais train station will be closed. If your journey includes either a connection in France or a stop at the Calais terminal uh, and uh, you want to postpone, Eurostar will offer exchanges free of charge regardless of ticket conditions but subject to availability on alternate services. If you wish to exchange your travel, uh, you can contact your original point of sale or sale or Eurostar on uh, 08432 186186 or if you're in France it's 0170 you can also find out more information by going to www.infoline.com, which is I-N-F-O-L-I-G-N-E-S.com, or go to Eurostar.com and find out further information. All of that information is over on DisneyBrit.com. You can go and check it out over there. But right on, people. some people's school half-terms as well. Midweek, looking forward to going to Disneyland Paris. And this rail strike happening, which is a real shame. So, if you're on a direct Eurostar, it doesn't look like it's going to affect you too much. But certainly, if you're on it's, one of those, is that going to affect people going to the Terrific Nights? Possibly. No, Terrific Nights don't start till Friday, I don't think. So, oh, if they're going okay. out on the 25th, then no, uh, they will do. But if they're going out after that, then no. But um, if you're travelling direct on Eurostar to Disneyland Paris, you should be okay. It's those ones who are changing at Lille. Uh, because they're slightly cheaper usually and there's only one direct uh, train as well so if you are sort of uh, expecting to change at Lille onto a TGV um, then if you catch the train you know exactly what that was um, then you'll be able, you might be uh, struggling to get there on time or without any sort of delays so uh, do check that out there we go there's a little bit of a public service announcement Right, that is all of the news and rumours. Coming up next, we've got our red box. And then, on top of that, we've got our interview with Nancy all about the Hidden Mickey books. So, let's carry on with the show. Hi everyone, this is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4pm Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Hello, everyone. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson from Walt Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort. And I'm giving a big shout-out to all my friends listening to Orlando Sky Radio. We have visual contact. Go, go, go! Make way for the big howdy, partners. Climb aboard. Carnivores versus pork bellies. You're on, old school. Your mission, get there. The all-new attraction, Toy Story Mania. It's 4D, which is one better than 3D. Oh, security. Oh. Hey, works every time. Now at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Oh, is this the red telephone box in Epcot? Uh, yes. Hello, this is the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio, and we like to ring the red telephone box and say hello to people. Say hello. Hello. How are you? Doing well, how are you? I'm not too bad, sorry. What's your name? Mike. 
And where are you from, Mike? Here with Agent M. We're on a mission. You're on a mission? It's a mission for... Kerry. A mission for Kerry? Agent P. Oh, oh you're, you're currently on a mission for Agent P? Yes. Where's Perry? That's what we're trying to find. You're tra- so you've lost Perry? Well, we don't believe we've lost him. We're trying to find him because I think Doofenshmirtz has it. You're joking. This is Absolutely. not good. This is something that we must warn Phineas and Ferb about, no doubt. Again? This is something we must war- warn Phineas and Ferb about, I, I have no doubt. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you are currently uh, have one of those mobile devices in your hand? We do. So shall I leave you to continue with your quest to find Perry? Yes. Right, well, good luck to you, sir. I hope you find Perry well and alive and not in a pie. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Gorge, howdy, this is your old pal Goofy, and no one's here right now to take your call, so <laughs> call back later or leave a message, even better. <laughs> it's nice to welcome another author onto the show. We welcome Nancy Temple Roderick, who is the author or co author of the Hidden Mickey series and much, much more. So we want to welcome Nancy to the show. Welcome. Well, I thank you very much, Adam. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on because I've got currently my Kindle sat in front of me and I have the very first book of the Hidden Mickey series entitled Sometimes Dead Men Do Tell Tales. Um, So this is a series of books of which you've been creating along with uh, David W. Smith. But before we go into that, do you want to tell us a little bit about you, about what got you into writing, all those sort of things? Well, I've been a fan of Disney and Disneyland since I was six years old, way back in 1962 when we went to the parks for the first time in California. And the love for Disney has always been there with me. And I got into writing early. Um, I wrote stories as a youngster. I was always trying to be creative. I loved to read. And it just kind of got more you know, advanced as I, I aged. My stories became more, a little more developed. Um, the late 80s, I tried writing um, science fiction for a popular um, TV show that was on there, submitted stories to the, um, to the, the, the studio. Uh, they weren't interested, but it was still a, a learning experience. Mm. And, and then in the 80s, um, I met my co-author, David, uh, when he was an employee at Disneyland around 1981. Okay. And we became friends, lost track. And then he, he called me about four years ago and said he had a wonderful idea for a book. Um, he had been writing all along himself. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know the movie National Treasure? He goes... I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, who better than Walt Disney to do something like that, to leave behind a bunch of clues? Okay. And I thought that was an awesome idea, and he asked me to write the book with him. So that's where sometimes Dead Men Do Tell Tales got started. And that's kind of answered for, so part of the question about where the idea came from for the Hidden Mickey series. Now, um, I think we have to sort of... Um, clear up when we talk about hidden mickeys i know a lot of people who listen to this hear the word hidden mickeys and what they're expecting is those small silhouettes of mickey mouse that are found around the park 
um, yes. of which you find strange people stood looking at walls and pointing at things and taking photos of random objects. It's not to do with that particular hidden Mickey. Is it? it's, it's the idea behind the, the hidden secrets of Walt Disney. Yes, that's correct. And that he did leave things behind. Some of them are Mickey's. But the, the title just seemed to fit so well. Yeah. And as a tribute to Steve Barrett, who did the Hidden Mickey books, mm -hmm. we do have Hidden Mickeys on the covers of each of the books. Right, so, okay. That's that's quite interesting. You've got your Hidden Mickeys because they're on the front of the original, I think it's the three coins, if I'm right in, in thinking. That's right, that's um, one of them. And then the second book, I'm trying to think what's, what it is on the front of the second book. Oh, it's the river, isn't it, I think? Yeah, it's, on the it's a river that has um, a Mickey in it, and there's actually three hidden Mickeys on the covers. And when you get to book four, mm -hmm. with the, the title Happily Ever After, there's actually four hidden Mickeys on that cover. But as you said, the books aren't about finding them in the no. park. They're an action-adventure mystery about what it was that Walt left behind. Right, so let's talk a little bit about these books then. Um, I'm going to quickly read out sort of the synopsis that comes with, um, with the book that gives some people an idea of what it's about. Um, so it says, While running the spirited Mouse Adventure Road Rally through Disneyland, best friends Adam and Lance stumble across a long-lost diary of Walt Disney's. The diary hints at a hidden treasure and leads them on a wild cross-country search filled with discovery about the famous man, his life, and about themselves. Beth, Adam's former girlfriend, was fired from her beloved job at Disneyland thanks to Adam, and now he needs her in, uh, help in entangling a web of clues that Walt left behind. Can she put their past aside and work with him again? Can the three friends decipher the eccentric clues that Disney himself may have ingeniously devised? Is someone else sniffing the same trail of clues and seeking the Disney cash for themselves? As the clues lead them closer to their goal and deeper in the legacy of Walt Disney himself, will they find some long-lost treasure, or is this one final illusion by the world's greatest storyteller? Okay, now, when I first read that and I got downloaded the first book, the first thing that came to my mind was, and I'm, I'm gonna, I want to kind of say this because I want to sort of... Um, you the opportunity to, sh to show how they're different i've read the kingdom keeper series and the uh -huh. kingdom keeper series which obviously ridley pearson is disney published and released and i read them and i went oh fantastic this is kind of another take on that hidden treasure hidden idea with disney what's kind of the difference between your hidden mickeys and those kingdom keeper novels well, I have read the first two of the Kingdom Keepers, and I really did enjoy them. But these are more fact-based. Mm -hmm. While the Kingdom Keepers get into fantasy, they're more of a young adult yeah. level. And we wrote these with the adult reader in mind. Uh, the leads, Adam and Lance, are 30-year-old men, and they're following a trail of clues that Walt himself left behind. They're going to in places, into places from Walt's history. Uh, we show Walt himself in a series of flashbacks or when he's actually leaving the clues in place. Mm -hmm. So these really aren't fantasy-based. I kind of start touching on fantasy at the end of book two. Mm -hmm. Then in book three, that tells the story of Wolf, the legend of Tom Sawyer's Island. Mm -hmm. I do get into the fantasy realm, we're still dealing with the adult characters. Because one of the things that I really love about it from having read it so far is that idea that it is kind of more of an adult 
theme story. One of the things I, I really liked about the Kingdom Keepers books were, was that fantasy element, but it was clearly written for children. And the fact right. that you've taken this element, and actually what you've done is you've written... I think it's something that nobody's done yet. You've written a novel which is about the the history of Disney, the fantasy of Disney, also the facts of Disney within this hidden treasure novel, which is aimed squarely at the, the Disney geek, so to speak, rather than the Disney child. And that's one of the really refreshing things I've found, I think, from, from what I've read so far. I'm, I've not quite finished Hidden Mickey uh, book one yet, but I've, I've certainly started. Well, Was thank that a you. That, that is exactly what we were trying to do. You know, when we first came out with book one, uh, there was a bookstore um, at Disneyland at downtown Disney mm. called Compass Books. Unfortunately, no longer there. But when we went in to introduce ourselves and show our book, the manager took the book from us and she held it very tightly in her hands as <laughs> we were describing it. And she said almost what you just said. There's there hasn't been anything done like this for the adult reader no. before. There are so yeah. many books to do with Disney history. And so, you know, I, I've written a couple of books myself to do with Disney yeah. attractions uh, mm -hmm. and those sort of elements, which are about the, the history of the parks. Yes. But you're, you're right. I don't think there's anything that has this sort of this, this sort of twist on it. Well, we do go into the history of different rides mm -hmm. also. Um, each book we tried to take um, a separate ride like, of course, sometimes Dead Men Do Tell tells the first book, of course, deals with the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Uh, the second book, uh, It All Started, deals more with the Jungle Cruise. Mm -hmm. And I to put in a lot of my favorite skipper jokes, which oh, um, brilliant. was a lot of fun to write. The, the third one that um, I started writing by myself was The Legend of Tom Sawyer's Island, mm -hmm. which is self-explanatory. Then the fourth one in the series is Happily Ever After, which deals with uh, the Sleeping Beauty Castle mm -hmm. and the history that surrounds all of these rides is included in the book. So you're learning also about Disneyland, about Walt, sometimes the thinking behind yeah. the rides. And it was a lot of fun to write also. Because uh, you also jump about in time as well, which I quite like. Uh, you know, we start off in 1966 with Walt himself. I think in yes. the very first part of the prologue, we go all the way to winter 2040. And then we yes. sort of jump all the way back to 2002. Um, yes. You know, what's the thinking behind all this? And, you know, was there a conscious decision to, to shift time and play with time? or? Well, yes, because we wanted to write the first book especially modern day mm -hmm. um, we, we, we took it back a couple of years of time to, to fit into some of the rides that I wanted to touch on that yeah. were no longer there but were, would still be feasible in 2002 as opposed to 2009 but to talk to Walt to see Walt, touch Walt would have to go back to when he was actually alive yeah and since he died in 1966, well, my co-writer Dave wanted to start the book with a, a, a touching scene of his last day on Earth, uh, which would be in December when the book starts out. Mm -hmm. And then later you will see Walt again in different periods of time, uh -huh. sometimes going back to the, the 30s and 40s, depending on where the story is. Yeah. And how you want to see him so it was a conscious decision to do that just so we could get walt into his own story and uh, 
one of the things that really pleased me I, when I suddenly turned the page and I saw in front of me, he started reading the questions and there was suddenly these list of Disney questions in the middle of the book that they were obviously having to answer as part of their, their hunt and I was like, now I can have a bit of fun with this as well. So just take an example, question five. What do the pirates offer the dog for the key? Is it a bone, a rope, a mug? A mug, a ball, a bone. A bone, a cat, a rope. And a ball, a rope, and meat. And it's kind of like, wow. You have to really think about that. Um, so not only are we getting to enjoy this, this treasure hunt as we're going along, we're also getting to take part in the adventure through the questions and the quizzes and all sorts of those things that come in as well, which um, which is fantastic. I loved it. I was sat there going, oh, no, see, what order are they? What, which ones are they? Uh, which I really, really enjoyed as well. Now, not only have you uh, written the Hidden Mickey series, you've also got some sort of offshoots from that as well, haven't you, with some of your adventure books and those bits and pieces. Do you want to sort of talk a little bit about those? Well, um, let me just talk a little bit about the quest you mentioned in the book. Yeah. You can't actually do that in the park. Wow, of course, yeah. You can take the book and play that in the park. And we do have the answers in the back for, for this part of the quest. Oh, you see, I haven't got that far yet. I need to find the answers now. <laughs> well, what was, what was really neat, though, uh, not too long after uh, Dead Men Do Tell Tales came out, we got a twi tweet from a, a lady who said, I'm standing in front of the Golden Horseshoe right now counting the rubies in the sign. <laughs> so she was there Brilliant. in the park with a book doing the little quest in the book. That's fantastic. But to answer your question about the offshoot now, uh, just this year I released a book called Peter and the Wolf, mm -hmm. which is more for the young adult. Right, okay. um, I was finding that my readers were getting younger and younger, and they were having some trouble with the first book because it's so large. Yeah. Um, it's quite a hefty book, and it's written for the adult readers, so I decided to come out with a new series called Hidden Mickey Adventures, and book number one in that is Peter and the Wolf, and you will find all the people that you're getting to know in the first five books of the series are in Peter and the Wolf, but now it's the next generation right, who okay. start to take over to solve the clues. And in the first chapter, Lance, who you are meeting in book one, yeah. comes up with a brand new game book for his family surprisingly called Hidden Mickey Adventures in Disneyland. <laughs> and so a little cross-promotion, never heard anyone. <laughs> and uh, it's actually a game book that I wrote that has 20 different games and quests that can be played in Disneyland. And I also came out with this, the book that can be done in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. I've seen that too. Yeah, and what's fun about them, I made them all handicap accessible so anybody can enjoy the, the quest and there's a road rally like the boys are do or the men are doing and sometimes get the detail tales there's trivia questions uh, there's jumbles there's a word search there's you, you talked about knowing the different rides well sometimes at the park the rides have changed right, over okay. the what was there now, what is there now, didn't used to be. So what used to be in the same place. Right. So I tried to mix it up with 20 different games and puzzles. There's, um, you find the letters. I took a picture, which was actually the most fun quest to do with my camera, was I took a picture of different letters, A to Z, throughout the park, 
and you have to find out where the letter is in the park nice i like that that's uh, it's one of the things i love doing when i go around the parks and i've uh, got a copy of all of the scavenger hunt quests that they did at the magic kingdom uh, a few years ago and it's one of those things that i really enjoy when i'm um in the park so that book sounds absolutely perfect for me now where do we get hold of these uh, particular books uh, i know you have a particular your own website you can get the hold of them from which is yes that would be hidden mickey book I know they were particularly popular, weren't they, at D23? Oh, yes. Uh, we did very well at D23. We are also at the Los Angeles Time Festival of uh-huh. Books. We did 300 books a day. Wow. Yeah, that was a <laughs> lot of signing. <laughs> I can imagine. You had a, yeah, very sore hand by the end of the day. Uh, but also we're available at Amazon. You said you got yours for your Kindle yeah. on Amazon. And if you're in the UK, let me ju- just say now, if you go to yes. Amazon and it's Kindle, it's going to cost you pound ninety-five for a Kindle edition, which is dirt cheap. Honestly, pound is isn't even a McDonald's. Okay, that's how cheap it is. It's less than a pint of beer in your local pub for an entire book, 498 pages worth. So... If you're listening to this right now, get your Kindle out, get it downloaded, get reading. Well, that, that's, I'm glad you brought that out, Adam, because that is a special that we've been running for two months. Mm-hmm. And it's going to end, we think, at the end of this month. Oh, wow. Okay. I need to get moving for, on with that then. For the United States um, listeners, it's only $2.99 right wow. now on Amazon for book number one. And that's such a good way to get into the series. And I think that everyone who does will just love to get into all the, all the books that we've written in the series. Um, it's also available at Barnes & Noble uh, for Nook readers. Mm-hmm. It's on Apple, uh, Kobe. Most e-readers, we have some version to get it out to them. If people, Kobo books also, if people want the hard, um, the paperbacks, if they'd like them autographed, they mm-hmm. can order them through us through hitvickybook.com, or they can order them from Amazon and Barnes, uh, Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. also. And then if they find us somewhere to book signing someplace, bring them in. We're we're always glad to sign them for people. There we go. Well, definitely a, a new series. I've run out of my Kingdom Keepers, you know, and I wanted something new. And Hidden Mickey's came on, came along just at the right time to keep my my Disney adventure series going and you know, you know it's just like as you say a little bit of that national treasure almost Indiana Jones style but to do with <laughs> Disney and Disneyland and those sort of things so uh, thank you Nancy for coming on so it's Nancy Temple um, Rodrigue the Hidden Mickey series and the first book Sometimes Dead Men Do Tell Tales thank you for coming on and uh, no doubt we'll get some emails from people once they start reading well thank you so much Adam it's been a pleasure I hope to talk to you again soon thank you you are listening to the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. Well, uh, that is pretty much the end of the show. We promised you to do some uh, listener questions this week, but we literally have run out of time. We've had so much going on that we didn't quite get to it, but someone did ask about Mouse Meets. Uh, I was hoping to have an announcement for Mouse Meets for you this evening, but sadly, we're not quite there yet, um, and it's all down to how much it's going to cost us to hire the venue, I'll be totally honest with you. Um, so we're currently kind of 
in the persuading slash negotiation mode. So hopefully sometime soon we will have some information for you because I know I know that Travel Lodge has currently got a room sale on and we're trying to get it sorted ASAP. I absolutely promise you about that. But thank you for joining us once again. Thank you to Nancy. Honestly, uh, that hidden Mickey book from what I've read so far is looking really, really good. £1.95 on Amazon for your Kindle. You can't really go wrong on that. Um, have you downloaded it yet, Alan? Haven't downloaded yet. I've been looking for it on the iBook store and it's four ninety nine on there. So oh, I'll get it on your Kindle. Get your Kindle app sorted and get it open on Kindle at one ninety five. Can't really go wrong. But uh, thank you, Alan, for joining me. No problem. Anytime. Thank you to our sponsors, Attraction Tickets Direct. You can find them at www.attractionticketsdirect.com. And, uh, of course, thank you guys for joining us on uh, Alana Sky Radio. You can continue to contact us on uh, Twitter at Disney Brit. We've had loads of people on there already. Uh, some people have put some really lovely things on there, including any discussion on Halloween, lads. Worried it might rattle my bones, says Froggy Company. No, we do Halloween every year, so we thought we'd give it a miss this year because uh, most of the stuff seems to be the same as it always has been. Thank you to Shy Man Shu, who's been uh, Shy Man Shu, who's been listening to Disney Brit on the OrlandoSkyRadio.com spot on storytelling. Apparently, I don't quite know whether that's supposed to be some sort of Swedish, but there we go. Uh, but thank you uh, to all of you again. You can say you can contact us at Disney Brit on Twitter, radio at podcast, radio at DisneyBrit.com is our email. Of course, contact us on Facebook as well check out our youtube channel of course continue to check out orlando sky radio sunday evenings is um at 5 p.m the orlando sky radio uh have got um ion orlando we've even got craig duncan's soul show that's at uh 9 p.m uh, 4 p.m eastern 9 p.m gmt if you want to listen to some soul music and we've got loads of really great stuff next week is uh disney island discs we're taking the theme of Pirates and Princesses for the next show. So come along and uh, listen to some Pirate and Princess music. And uh, I think that's pretty much about it, isn't it? Am I I right in thinking that? I can't think of anything else. No, that sounds sounds quite a full full calendar lined up. I'm trying to think, what have I I missed? What can I possibly (laughs) supposed to say that I've missed? Um, I don't think there's anything. So that leaves me with nothing else to say other than the next edition of the Disney Brit podcast is going to be on Monday, the 5th of November. Yes, Bonfire Night itself. So we might have to do something fireworky, maybe. But there we go. So until then, we'll see you. <laughs>